Welcome to the JMS Podcast. My name is Jorge M. Sanchez and thank you for tuning in. Today's guest is comedian Hannibal Thompson. We had a great talk, great chat, and I really took a lot out of it. I mean, the guy is inspirational. What can I say? He's a true hustler. He's out there performing in all kinds of venues and it's amazing to listen to where, where he started from and where he is now. And overall, this whole week has been kind of comedy based for me in my life. Uh, I kind of retracted from comedy for a bit for the past month or so, month and a half. I haven't really done any comedy. I've like, totally give up my Frascati open mic room to a good friend of mine. Uh, Miranda Carvello's running it. And last Wednesday, she asked me to guest host. And uh, I said yes. And I went back and I had a good time. I mean, it's been a while since I've been on stage and did any performances at all and so to do this last Wednesday was a real treat it really was and it, it reminded me how much I really missed it just the fact that you're on stage and you're performing it's a good feeling and then overall it, it brought back nostalgic moments I mean can I say it's nostalgic I mean it's not like I've been out of the game for that long but uh, after listening to Hannibal Thompson it's like you know it's, it's never too late you know I, I think I think having a little break from here and there it's not it's not necessarily a bad thing talking about comedy uh, we have a great event coming up uh, Michael Gilkinson is a comedian and he has been a guest here on this podcast and he is producing a show at the improv on October 27th at 10 p.m. not only is it just an all-out comedy show He's also going to be screening his short film. Yeah. And I'm excited for it. I'm going to try to make it for sure. And uh, why not? I mean, not only do you see a, a bunch of performers, but you get to see a short film. Fucking A. I'm down for that. And it's of course, it's a comedy film. And it's all Halloween related. So, hey, you know, people are complaining that um, Halloween is on a Monday. But you know what? You get the whole weekend. Actually, it's a four-day week if you think about it. I mean, Friday night, Saturday, Sunday, then Monday. Hey, and why not start it off by checking out uh, Comedy of the Corn at the Sounds of the Improv on October 27th at 10 p.m. Tickets are $10, and for more information, you can check it out at soundsoftheimprov.com. And you know what's pretty cool also? Is that the show is being hosted by Garrett Gonzalez. Garrett Gonzalez was also a comedian who was a guest on this podcast. And uh, Johnny Corn as well. So, you know, you might even see some uh, or hear familiar voices if you're a listener of this podcast, if you check out this event. So remember, October 27th, 10 p.m. at the Sounds of the Improv, $10 a pop, and uh, get them while you can, um, because the show will sell out. You know, I never got that. A lot of people put that in their advertisements, like, oh, this show will sell out. Buy your tickets now. I find that a little bit confounding. It's like, oh, what? okay, if I try to buy them, aren't they already sold out? I mean... I don't know. I'm not really big on promotions, but but I am big on live events by local comedians. So fucking a sounds the improv 27th 10 p.m. ten dollars. What more do you want, people? All right, let's head over to our conversation with Hannibal Thompson. Thanks for making the drive over here, man. San Francisco. I keep <laughs> it happens quite often, dude. You have no idea. George Sanchez. 
Yeah, yeah. All right, gotcha. You know, I, I, even my face, people like look at me like, "Hey, you remind me of my friend." Right. Or like that. <laughs> or, yeah, it, ha- it happens a lot. Right. Which I think gives the impression that I'm popular when I'm really not. Uh, I you mean, maybe more popular than you think. Actually, think, man, it's crazy. Yeah. Hey, are you making a web video right now? Huh? Are you, are you making a web? Snapchat. Web? Snapchat. Snapchat. Everybody's on Snapchat now. All right. That's my uh. man George <laughs> Sanchez, and uh, we doing JMS podcast right now. That's George. Are we live on Snapchat right now? Yes, sir. Oh man, that was live. <laughs> well, well, that's another thing that that you, it's interesting what you do. You keep quite a web presence, right? Uh, in right. Facebook, you have these uh, commentary right. videos. <laughs> yeah, I just started doing those like recently. You know, yeah. I'm just an internet guy, man. I just love the internet, so I just always on the internet, and always on it, and just you know, people just seem to get attached, you know. So you feel like you took advantage of the internet from the very get-go? Yeah. Because for me, personally, I'm, like, I'm very shy when it comes to that stuff. I don't really put a lot of stuff on the internet. Oh, that's, that's one thing about me. I'm not shy at all, man. Like, at all. Like, at all, at all. So like, I think that's, like, an advantage for me. How 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 far down uh, how, how far down were you not shy? Like, do you feel like as a kid you were always uh, extroverted? No. no. I was all Yeah, never shy. Really? Never. I can't remember. I can't even think of a moment to where I was, you know shy I'm a people's person I think so that's why I'm not I just interact with people fast man like yeah it's weird even when I go to other countries it's just I'm not shy when I walk somewhere I I can go to another country and I don't understand anything they're saying but I just interact I just get along with them just <laughs> recently you've uh, traveled to uh, was it Japan yeah I was in Japan and I was in the Middle East yeah how was and, that experience uh, that was great I was actually in Korea also yeah, so I did a few parts of Asia. It was great. Did the USO tour. Did it twice last year, actually. And I'm going back to do it in December, actually. So, I mean, how is that to perform comedy for our troops? It's, it's like a actually. Tell me how how that even come about. Uh, well, through uh, another comic, a friend, Kirk McHenry, uh, referred me uh, to this guy named Kenny Hill, I believe. Mm-hmm. And Kenny's a great dude, man. We have established a relationship. And from the jump, I my I've been to Canada a lot. I go to Canada a bunch. I got a nice fan base in Western Canada, so I've never been like overseas though to another country. So Kenny, I mean uh, Kirby Henry refer, referred me to Kenny Hill, and Kenny liked my stuff, and he brought me on to tour the first my first USO tour, and that was with Tommy Davidson. So that was like a great experience. I get the I flew thirteen hours with Tommy in the air, and uh, we just talk and have a great conversation. And Tommy can just talk, talk, talk. And we went to Kuwait. We went to Korea, we went to Japan, and it was great, man. And did you get to mingle with the locals, or were you just at the bases? Uh, no, we get to mingle with the locals also, but you can't understand what anybody's really saying, but everybody's nice. In Japan, you could, though. Like we went to, I went to like this really great lounge in Japan, and it was like an underground lounge. It was They liked to dance a lot Yeah. in Japan. Yeah, they loved to dance, so it was a great time. So when it came to ordering food on the menu, you just had a point? Oh, no, 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 no. See, me, personally, yeah. I, me, personally, no, I'm not ordering any food. I'm not eating anything. You, you did not eat I, the locals' uh, no uh, food? No, no way. No, no, I don't. It's not recommended? <laughs> nah, no, I don't. It's, it, you can recommend it. You can tell me it's great, anything. Yeah. I'm just really weird like that to where I'm not eating, like, eyeballs and <laughs> eyeball soup. And so I'm not, nothing. Like, I wouldn't even eat McDonald's from Japan or Korea or anywhere else. That's fascinating. Why not? I, I, are you picky with food in general? Yes. Yeah. I'm like I don't eat seafood. I'm like the only black person on the planet who don't eat seafood. It's like see, I eat shrimp. That's about it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't eat crab. I don't like gumbo. I don't like 
fish. I like them. So, so what's the uh, Hannibal diet here? Uh, I'm weird, man. I'm just a regular chicken eating guy. That's it. Chicken, potatoes. Uh, I eat all. I love vegetables. Yeah. Yeah, chicken and potatoes, and I eat uh, steak, of course. You know, so I have a cheeseburger, hamburger here and there. But that's that. that's pretty normal. That's not too picky. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not like that picky. Yeah. I'm just picky when it comes to like different culture uh, of food and stuff. Like, I'm really Americanized when it comes to food. Oh man. Like it's crazy. Like. Did that cause you trouble over there? Like, like, did someone take offend that you're not eating their food? Oh no, because yeah. uh, we eat American food. Like we at the base, so they yeah. you know, at the base we're eating a bunch of American food. You mm. know, like I love like Mexican food. Mexican food. Yeah. It's like the greatest. Nothing is better than Mexican. It's like the greatest shit on the planet, man. Like, <laughs> have you traveled there to do comedy yet? To uh, Mexico? Yeah. No, not yeah. yet. I can't wait to go though because I would love to taste Mexican food in Mexico yeah. compared to Mexican food in the states. I can't wait. And <laughs> <laughs> how was it adjusting to the time zones over there? I mean, you, you must have been jet lagged. Like, no, I you, think I think that's because of my age. And I'm I'm twenty. I'm young. I, I feel like I'm twenty nine. You're twenty nine. I'm twenty nine. Uh-huh. So you look I younger think, than twenty nine, right? <laughs> I know. I just feel like I was this young, you know, this kid with you know this young body still, and I'm excited to be over there. So I, I thought I was gonna be tired when I got back. I was like, well, okay, let's finish the day. I'm back in the states. We got. I'm back on regular time, and it's finished the day. It's weird because the days, I think, it's like 11, 12 hours apart. So the days are like, like uh, what's today? The twenty first, twenty second, twenty second. Yeah, it's probably the twenty third or twenty or the twentieth there. You know, it's like. It's kind of backwards, you know. It's weird, but yeah, I didn't. I adjusted to. It. I was fine. Looks like you already built like a traveling entertainer. Yeah, it's weird. That's yeah. the same thing. I, I mean, I go to the gym a bit, three or four times a week. But I just go there and I run around the basketball court, get some, you know, some cardio, and I, I lift some weights so I can stay, you know, so I can look halfway decent, you know. <laughs> Other than that, man, I'm just just a regular dude, man. I don't know. You're 29. How long have you been in the comedy game? Six years, six and a half years. You started when you were 24. No, no. I'm. Uh, wait a minute. Excuse me. I'm 29. I started comedy when I was 22. 22. Yeah, 22. Where did you start up? Uh, In 2000, excuse me, 2010. How was I in 2010? 23. Yeah. So you're right, 23. 23. I, yeah, I got, my, I got my, my gears mixed up. I said 24. I got my gears mixed up. Yeah, yeah, that's okay. Uh, but uh, uh, I started uh, my first comedy show. My first time ever on a comedy show was in Vallejo, California. I was doing like these silly videos on YouTube. And uh, this guy, he had a, a local telephone station, like runs through the whole 707 area code. It was pretty cool. And he seen my videos and he worked, uh, one of my cousins, one of my cousins, they worked together for years. And she told him, she's like, check out my cousin's videos on YouTube. So I guess he checked them out and he gave me a call. He wanted me to do these skits on his television show, his local television show. So he told me to come talk to him in Vallejo at the Marriott Hotel, actually, across street from Six Flags. To uh, talk to him, he's he was taping a comedy show. I'm like, okay, I'll come talk to him. So I get there, it's like 200, 250 people there. It's a nice little packed show, in like the ballroom or something. So I'm standing behind the camera, and I'm standing behind him, and he asked me, cause he said, could you do this? I said, what do you mean? He said, could you do it? I said, yeah. Never done stand up in my life. Never ever ever done stand up. Not, not even one time. Have you even performed in front of somebody or like in drama class, in so drama you, in school and stuff? So you yeah. took drama in school? Oh yeah, so, years, so, every year. So I took drama from like the fifth grade to I graduated high school. The performance factor was in you already. That was in me already. You Got know, it. I've never, I never thought about that. That's why I was so like. Well, let's go back there, maybe. Okay, so we'll, we'll go back to the televised stand up. Mm -hmm. Let's go a little further back. Mm -hmm. So when did you start taking uh, acting classes or drama? Uh. I want to say the fourth or the fifth grade. Wow, at a very young age. Yeah, really young. 
I didn't even like take told that you know oh. yeah, like fourth or fifth grade. And, and did your parents make you do it, or did you, no, you want to do it? I always wanted to do it. Yeah, I always wanted to be a comedic actor. I wanted to be either comedic actor or NBA basketball player. As you can see, I'm the tallest dude, you know. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, and I was like, I, I like, I love like Will Smith as a comedic actor, and all the Waynes and you know Martin and stuff like that. So I always wanted to be a comedic actor. So I wanted to take drama because I was always a silly, you know, funny class clown type of dude. So I wanted to take drama. You took drama all the way to high school. All the way till I finished high school. Wow. Every year I took drama. I couldn't take. You're I like a, it. a seasoned actor by now. Yeah, I'm not afraid to camera yeah. at all. I took drama for a lot, a lot of. That was like one of my best grades. And, and you took a lot out of it, obviously. I did. Yeah, I took a lot. Of, I took a lot of it. What are some of the principles you think you took out of it? Improv. 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 Yeah, I'm like a master at improv. I love the improv. I didn't like when we in drama class we had to like make up stuff and write out scripts and stuff on the paper and then go act it out. No, I would just the teacher just give us a subject and we just go. I was good at that. Yeah. <laughs> That was great at that. Is that what you apply in stand-up? Do you write your own material, or you just yes. think of an idea and you improv it on, now, on stage? Oh, no, I write, but I just okay. take a lot of the subjects, and I and I don't improv them. You know, I just don't say the joke. I just don't tell a joke word from word. Got that's it. about it, yeah. that's It's like, that's kind of, it's not impossible, but it's like, nah, I'm not going to tell it word from word. I'm just going to put my own little twist to it. Huh. So, considering uh, you were in theater, what kind of plays were you into? Uh, any, uh, Like Shakespeare? Were you into that? Did you play Othello? No, I I wasn't into Shakespeare. It was kind of weird. Kinda I was weird. yeah. I needed energy. Energy. I, yeah, I needed energy. There's no energy in Shakespeare, huh? There's no energy in Shakespeare, to me, man. I needed energy, man. I needed a bunch of energy and a bunch of you know what I'm saying. Like so everything. so, what are some uh, plays that you, that were energetic enough for you? Uh, we, like I remember uh, we did of Mice and Men. Remember oh. that movie and that book and stuff? Yeah, yeah. That was like that's like one of my favorite books, one of my favorite movies. You know, so we did that. That's that was, a dark movie. That is, it is. Yeah. But who did you who did you play in the in the theatrical uh, what version? What was his name? I forgot. It wasn't, of course, Lenny or the other guy. But it was the. Uh, oh God, I can't even remember. Because I can't recall any comedic relief in that play. Uh, no, it wasn't like a comedic relief. That's why. No. Like, oh, yeah, so I'm not like I didn't play like this funny dude. So would you say you're comfortable as well playing dramatic roles? Oh yeah, no doubt. Oh no, no doubt. Uh, I shot an independent film about four years ago. It's about the release, actually, uh, like a whole feature film. And I had a took four years to make it. No, it actually took six months to make. But oh. it's just about the release. I don't know about that. And there's a bunch of production stuff and a bunch of just you know, <laughs> bullshit, you know, just going on about it. But uh, it's yeah. just about the release. Yeah. And um, had a uh, I was one of the leads. There was three, uh, four of us that was leads. What's the Excuse name me, of the film? Of it's called uh, The American Dream. Who's it by? Uh, Touch the Heart Productions uh, was me. This guy named uh, uh, Spence. What the hell is Spence's name? Big Spence, but it's together last night. Marcus Spencer. I'm sorry, uh-huh. Marcus Spencer and Gian Shaw. And um, it was a great, great film. Film about um, I play me and me and Gian play best friends, and we uh, we grew up from kids, you know, to grown ups, and we were football stars all the way out of high school, going to college, and uh, we, uh, we got into a bunch of trouble with. My uncle, which is Spencer, uh, Mark Spencer, and um, he got us into like this big drug thing and stuff like that, and we were running drugs from him. And it's a great movie. And I come from a a, a, a hardworking Christian family. My best friend, you know, his dad was away, and his mom is taking care of him by herself. And you know, you know, sometimes he gets jealous of me because I got the family. And my dad was a cop, actually. Which is weird. Wait, you know? is this real life or is this your character? This is a character. Oh, okay. Right. <laughs> Sorry, for a second, I was like, oh, oh, no, no. Did, did you just transfer it over to No, 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 it's a character. It's a character. Okay, right? got yeah. it. But yeah, uh, it's a great, great movie, though, man. Great movie. I saw uh, 
I saw it already, of course, but mm-hmm. uh, and I liked it. And it was a dramatic role. It's a it's a really dramatic role. How did you prepare for it? Uh, I'm a, I kind of bit my tongue because I, like <laughs> that sounds weird. Yeah. You no, know, you don't want to smile. Yeah. Kind of bite your tongue from smiling. Yeah, yeah I kind of bit my tongue and I kind of like zoned out into it because I come from a I come from a dark place. You know, not just not like comedian talk. You know, I come from a, a dark place where I would used to run the streets and stuff like that. You know, so you used to live on the streets, you say? No, no, I used to run the streets. Run like the I used streets. to run. I used to be like a knucklehead. You know, <laughs> so I just like use my experience experiences from that. You know? Right. Yeah. You know, Which is good. Yeah, yeah. In acting, that's always a good thing yeah, when you ex- can draw something from the real life. Exactly. Exactly. So that was dope. And it's being released soon. Yes, it's being released soon. I'll finally. Look, I look yeah. forward to that. Yeah, no doubt, man. No doubt. But but we're jumping a bit ahead now. Okay, so you started at acting in theater. Yes, sir. And then you get this, and by this time you were making these small videos, as you're doing one right now still, <laughs> uh, 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 on YouTube. Yes, on YouTube. And which this guy who runs a television show or or uh, local, local TV te- access. Yes, sir. Uh, at North Bay, I guess. In the North Bay, in the seven oh seven. Yeah. And he asked you to perform stand-up, although you never did it before. He asked me to perform stand-up, and I've never done it before. And how, how did that come about? He he asked me, he was like, he asked me, like, do you know how to do this? Like, it was a comedian on stage, the host. Yeah. And he kind of pointed, like, do you know how to do this? And I was like, uh, yeah. yeah. And you did it? And that- I, did, I went up there for, he gave me, he said, okay, I'm going to get you five minutes. So I'm like, okay. <laughs> and you're like, well, what am I going to talk about in five minutes? Right, it's 200, 250 people there. Yeah. So what I did was this. One of my, I'm an insult comic. What does that mean? Insult to, com- to the listeners who don't know. Uh, How would you explain that? An insult that? comic is like the lunchroom dude sitting at the lunch table at school and he's just roasting on everybody. Yeah. Like yeah. that to me, that's, I'm not, I mean, that's what kind of comic I am. I just don't, I don't roast on, what I do is I take situations and subjects and I roast on them, you know, mm-hmm. and I, and I don't, you know, I don't just like uh, roast the audience or just, I roast myself, my family, my, whatever situation I had when I was in Japan or in Korea. That's, that's the type of, Comedian, I am an insult comic. So what I did was, uh, I just went up there and um, I got nine sisters and brothers. I'm the oldest of nine. You're the oldest of nine. I'm the oldest of nine. <laughs> I'm the oldest of nine. So, um, I I wrote my I got two. Well, at the time, uh, no, no, it's not at the time. Cause my other younger sister she was born by then. So I had two younger sisters. I mean, excuse me, two my two older sisters. I roast on them a lot. They're adults, so they don't, they could take it or whatever. So on I wrote, stage. Uh, no. Uh, off stage, on stage, but really, this is off stage. Yeah. So I roast on them a lot. So what I did was, I went up there, and me and my mom, like we're really, my mom is like a life comedian. So we roast on each other a lot. Uh-huh. So what I did was, I just transitioned, and I just took, you know, me roasting on my mom and my sisters and my dad and my brother. I just took it for that five minutes, and I went on stage with, stage with it. And I got a standing ovation. Holy <laughs> shit! <laughs> and and that's when you got the bug, and, huh? And that's when I got the bug. I'm like. Oh, okay. And I just kept doing it from there. And it kept. And what I did was I recorded that video and I like put it on YouTube or something. I was like, okay, whatever. You know, <laughs> standing ovation. On your I got a first stand on my first. I just got the bug. Set. And it was yeah, it was crazy. That's crazy, man. It was. It was kind of like the show. What it was was the show was kind of like dying. Or it was like yeah. And the people you can tell my face, you know, like black people, we get restless, so we like everything fast. We like stories and all that. I heard that that, that, right. that, that uh, a black comedy crowd are notorious. Yes, if they don't like you, they'll let you know. Yes, like they're not gonna, they'll yeah, they'll just you know, we, sit there. Which and, is one of the reasons why I haven't performed in a uh, predominantly uh, oh. black audience oh, yet. Right. I'm a little nervous, oh, right. not there yet. But I mean, we good. It's just, but, we just but, get restless. 
Right, but there's a different kind of energy. Yes, it is. And I think that's where the roasting comes in. Exactly. It's like the energy is like uh, a black crowd is like they're going to be hysterical. When they laugh, they're going to slap tables and kick and be loud and laugh. It's like that laughs. It's like a... It's like a, 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 a stroking your ego type of laugh. You yeah. know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's that type. They're gonna be hysterical. Whether you know, other, uh, you know, if you go to like, how can I say this? Like an old, some some old Caucasian audience. Some of them, you know, they'll laugh. Of course, they'll uh-huh, just stop immediately. You know, yeah, it's like uh-huh. okay, <laughs> you know, they'll laugh. Right. But then if you go to a black crowd. It's like ah, slapping tables and elbowing each other and. God damn it, boy! And shit, you know what I'm It's like you know that's the difference. That's the only difference. <laughs> and we don't, but we don't have any patience. We're not gonna, you know, laugh at that from a long story. A long story, we were like, ah, shit. God damn it, fuck. You know, right. So your first set, standing ovation. Yes. You pretty much saved the show, apparently. Yeah. Second set, how'd that go? I don't even remember it. That's crazy. So it had to go bad. Here's why I'm asking, man. Because comedy, in some ways, is a lot like doing drugs. Right. Where the first time we do a drug. You have this huge high, like, right? And then when, and the the bigger the high, you know, the better. But it's even tougher because your whole time you're gonna try to recreate that high, right? So in comedy, you getting a standing ovation. Now you're like, all right, I know I could do this. Exactly. But but in comedy, the majority of the crowds are not the same. No. So so it could be depressing sometimes. Where you're like, like I'm I'm born and raised in San Francisco, so you know a San Francisco crowd is really diverse, but is. A San Francisco crowd is really smart. Not saying other crowds aren't smart. Like, I, I've always had a good time with the San Francisco crowd. Yes. Honestly, almost a little too easy. In my, yeah. And maybe it's me coming from San Jose. It's the diversity. Where, where you had to work the crowd a bit. Mm-hmm. But San Francisco, all the times I perform there. Right. Great crowds. Yeah. Always a, that makes up the entire day if I have a shitty day. But a part of me is like, uh, are they laughing just because, you know, it's a thing to do? Or do no, you really if mean a San Francisco it? crowd is laughing at you really good, that is A1. Like yes, you got to take that in consideration, man. Yeah. Because you don't know, if it there's half the time they're not natives. So these are people. Each person is from all around the world: Sweden, Texas, Florida, uh, Africa, New Zealand. This is all this different. So you're making like you got this big diverse crowd uh-huh. that come from all sorts of part of the world, and you're making them laugh and like that's a one. You get a San Francisco crowd like that's that's a one. You know it's. No, that's what I love about comedy. Now, what part of San Francisco did you? I grew up in the Fillmore. The Fillmore. Yep, I grew up in the Fillmore. Oh, I'm trying to, I'm, my geography's a bit off. Fillmore. Uh, the worst in addition. Uh, Fillmore and Eddie. Fillmore and Eddie. Eddie and Laguna. Uh, Fillmore is a. Uh, that's uh, on the. It's on the west side. On the west side. Exactly. Right. By, it's on the west side. By by Sloat. By no no. Or is that too west? It's by. Uh, I'm gonna tell you where it's by. Uh, it's before the avenues. Before Kizar. Ah, Kizar. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's I grass the Fillmore. Well, that's not the Fillmore. Fillmore's before that. Before that, actually. Okay. How was it growing in that area? Uh, it was great. It changed. It changed a lot. You know? Yeah. Yeah. It's the, always it's always the been... big G word. G. The big G word gentrification. Yes, big time. Yeah. Big time, but it's still uh, it's still nice, beautiful. It's always been nice. Yeah. Never really been like torn down or beat down like the Bayview. You know, you know, but not saying all the Bayview is uh, it's beat down, but uh. It's uh, gentrification like a man, like big time. But it's a, it's it's great. Still a great neighborhood. But growing up there, it was still a great neighborhood. Yep. You were the oldest of nine. I was oldest of nine. What did your parents do? Uh, my mom was a. Uh, she worked security and she always did in in home care. Oh. And my dad was uh, 
he worked with disabled kids in Marin County for years. Now he's he uh, he drives eighteen wheelers. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> so you come from like a pretty blue collar family. Uh, yeah. My I, my mom and my dad always worked. Yeah. I've come from uh, it, every, every, all, any trouble I got into was always my you know my choice and my you know yeah like I ran the streets. I got shot six times. When I was eighteen. What? Yeah. What's the story behind that? You got shot six times. Yeah. How? When? Always, Why? <laughs> just you know, in the life, I was just living the life, man. I was eighteen, you know, running the streets in San Francisco in the Western District in the oh. Fillmore, and uh, when you in that life, that's what that come with. So, what do you mean by in that life? When you in that, when you running the streets, I mean we see movies, a lot of stuff you see in the movies. Are Some of it be. I like, mean, I mean, are we talking about uh, uh, drug dealing stuff, or what are we talking about? Uh, well, in that area, of course, a lot of drugs. I didn't get shot over like drug dealers and you know stuff like that. I got shot over like some territorial type shit you know okay yeah yeah stuff like that you know but it was okay I didn't I mean of course it was bad but now I look back at it I'm like it was a blessing you know, everything was a blessing I lived shit so and what kind of what territory did they mistake you you were from or were in uh it's uh, it's all one you know in the Fillmore okay you know, so nah, I'm not sure sorry I to hear know. that man I'm, oh, no, I'm, I'm, I'm happy they're here oh yeah yeah, yeah I'm fine yeah, I'm fine. when I tell people happy. that I was like you should have seen your face everybody's face looked like that when I told because yeah. I don't Look like it. Well, dude, you know? most people don't survive one shot. Oh, that's true. So, that's true. So the fact that you got six in you. Right. And, and, and walking, talking, performance, a big deal. Right, I right. I think it's, every day is a goddamn blessing, right? Right, exactly. I'm a health is fine. Everything. I'm sorry. You come from the Christian family. I said that word. I, I apologize. Oh, no, I don't come from a Christian family. Oh, I thought, oh no. that was your character. No. <laughs> I'm getting all mixed up. That's all right. That's okay. Yeah. But down here in San Jose, yeah. uh, the improv is like my home club. And uh, the, the improv... Crowd. Uh huh. Wait, before we get there though, because you perform at uh, Vallejo, mm-hmm. and then you just start hitting up open mics, open mics, whatever I could, anywhere it was a stage. That's one thing about me. I'm pretty good at and hustling and networking. And San Francisco and, and everywhere. I just say I just. That's one thing about me too. I'm not gonna stop just in San Francisco. I mean, San Francisco, Oakland, San Jose, L. A., Oklahoma, New York. I'm pretty good at like moving around. And from the get go, you set your mind on comedy. Like this is what I want to do. Yeah, I, I wanted to do. I wanted, to, like I said, I wanted to get in comedic acting. I want to be, you know, a comedic actor even before when I was young. You know, stand up comedy came about after I seen uh, uh, Bernie Mac on Kings of Comedy. Ah, that's what I wanted. It was like, okay, maybe I want to do that too. Because I didn't really. And my, cause my dad was a huge stand up fan. He got all the great specials and stuff like that. Red Fox, Richard Pryor, the Kings of Comedy. So I used to watch him watch this stuff. So I used to be wondering, you know, I wanted to be a comedic actor, but I used to see these dudes with this microphone on stage, like, and I wanted to do that. So when I was seeing him watching Kings of Comedy, I watched it once, and I just kept watching it and kept like, yeah, I want to do that. And were your parents supportive for the most part when you decided to get into comedy? Oh, yeah, always. My parents always uh, been supportive. All my uh, parents, my family, cousins, uh, uh, girlfriend, uh, anybody. So I've, been, I've, I've had a great support system. Oh man, that's great. Yeah, I had a great support. System. And it, it seems like I get this feeling because uh, you mentioned that your mother is like the life comedian, right? So I think even in your family life, there was a sense of performance as well. It it, it, it it's crazy because a lot of people say this, but I'm dead serious. It's like on both sides of my family, everybody has a sense of humor, a big one though. Yeah, that's what we do. We sit around and we roast and laugh. On my dad's side and my mom's side. Uh-huh. And it's like brutal roasting, like even from my grandmother, my dad's mom. It doesn't matter who it is. Yeah. Like nobody's serious. Everybody's roasting and laughing. That's it. I mean, that's such a great uh, skill to have. Right. To be comfortable in that combative uh, comedy environment. 
Right. You know, because uh, lately in San Jose, there's been some roastings uh, going on. I think Pete Munoz has a couple in uh, Woodhams. Oh, okay. And and, and a, a lot of local comics here, you know, they get nervous. Cause, right. Know, they're not used to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. How, how do you prepare for this? I got to talk shit about this person. I don't even know this person. Right. But for someone who's experienced in, in roasting, it's like it just comes in quick, right? Exactly. It's like a that, rhythm. That's the talent. Yeah, it comes in. It's not going to take you 30 seconds to a minute, you know, to come up with something else. Oh, like I could be right in front of you and we're just going to go. You know, we're just going to go. We're going to go. We're going to go. We're going to go. We're going to go. You know, that's that's like like a natural born talent, I think. Was there ever a moment where it failed you? Or like, oh, I just don't have it in me right now. Oh, uh, yeah, sure. Yeah, of course. Yeah, it's not all the time. You have moments, you know, but. For the most part, or for the most time, nah, it's, you know, mm-hmm. you're going. It's like this talent. It's like it's like a give. It's like a person who can shoot a basketball, or a person who can jump. You know, a natural born talent of being an athlete. You know, unless you break an ankle or a knee or something, nah, it's going to be there. You know, like Michael Jordan is like 50 years old. He can still shoot. Yeah, <laughs> he can still shoot. You know, <laughs> and uh, you've also have done your own album. Yeah, I got a comedy special. Comedy oh, special, actually. 12 stories, right? Yeah, yeah, def- and, and definitely. You, and you performed it here at the uh, San Jose Improv? No, no. I, that, that was, I, uh, or was it in Vallejo, actually? At the Empress Theater in Vallejo. I don't yeah. know why the San Jose Improv even popped into it. Uh, maybe because uh, KTVU did that special on me. So you had two specials? No, no. KTVU Channel 2 did uh, an exclusive special on me about my career and my comedy special, stuff like that. And I was actually performing... Part of the special was they wanted they wanted to get some footage from me on stage, so I just went, I went to the improv and I uh, did some time on um, God damn it, whose show was that? I forgot his name also, but uh, it was a, a, a great uh, Wednesday night show, and uh, I did it I, I did it on there on his show and um, we taped it there, we taped some there. Okay, mm-hmm. tell me about your uh, your special. Uh, it uh, came out September fifteenth. And uh, it's an hour long, of course. Uh, it was a great production, man. Great production. I had like nine different cameras. And uh, I, uh, I did a cameo with uh, my good friend Michael Blackson and my daughter. We did like a skit before on the intro of my special, you know. So uh, mm-hmm. that was a great. That was a great time. And especially just about my family, where I grew up at. 12 Stories is actually in the Fillmore in the Western. It used to be these uh, big buildings in the Fillmore in the Western Edition. Mm-hmm. And I just took all of my, a lot of my experiences and, you know, my skill set from you know uh, uh, this neighborhood and I just transformed it into 10 stand up comedy into 12 stories into my comedy special so I decided why not I'll just name my comedy special 12 stories and how was the journey leading up to that uh, film uh, filmmaking or it was taping a, it was, it was a, like a long like I said a long journey a lot of greyhound bus rides you know stage time you know how it is mm. uh, a lot of ups a lot of downs but it, it's just something in me that just keeps going. It's just something in me that just keeps going, and just I love it. Like I still have the same fire I had uh, as the same day I took comedy stage. I, I took a comedy stage for the first time. Well, it seems like you were driven way before that, man. It seems yeah. like you were already on the on the go of entertainment. Yeah. yeah, I was. I, I, I don't. I'm not gonna say I don't believe in excuses, but it's like if uh, I take advantage of opportunity, good opportunity. You know, you have to just take advantage of opportunity we have. We all have the same 24 hours. We have, every, you know, it's opportunity out there, on, you know, every corner. You know, like you said, you started from, uh, uh, what do you start from, a, a, a two-person recorder? Uh, no, uh, just one microphone. One really. microphone. Now yeah. look, you know what I'm saying? So it's like, that's that's all from opportunity, you know? That's true. That's all opportunity. It's a great, it's a great thing. It's just really a great, great feeling to have opportunity. But down the road, you're still interested in some film. 
Oh yeah, work. no, yeah, yeah, no doubt. I done. Uh, like I said, I got the feature film uh, American Dream coming out. I'm supposed to uh, start taping a, a film uh, called 420 uh, with uh, Tiny Lester Debo. For so we'll see see where that go. And um, now, are you auditioning for these roles, or are you like uh, I get calls for? Them. You get calls for? Them. Yeah, yeah, these two I get I get calls for them, and that's just come from you know just performing and networking, and you know that's about it. So I get I get got calls for them. Uh, other than that. Right now, I got finna go back on the USO tour in December. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going back to Canada next month. So um, that's it, man. I just perform. I just like I love performing. I like to try to keep my calendar as full as possible, and I love performing. I mean, take all this to account: all the traveling, mm-hmm. all the performance, all all, all the media, mm-hmm. everything. What what can you say that you take the most out of all these things that culminate? The Hannibal Network. Uh, I take performing for performing for a lot of people who don't know me and I don't know them, but I still can make them laugh their asses off. Like that's like that's one thing I take about it. That's like the joy that keeps me just going and going and going. Like you can go across the world and make these six hundred people laugh that you have no idea who they are. They have no idea who you are. You just make them laugh. That's that's what I take from it. And do you feel like it's made uh, writing comedy easier or harder? Easier. Not, it has it. Okay. Yes, it, it 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 makes it easier because you feel appreciated. You know, you get like a lot of, a lot of like as you know, a lot of people don't take comedy serious. They don't appreciate pre- appreciate it as an art. You know, and it really is. It's like it's a it's a natural talent to you know get up there by yourself as you against five hundred people, and you have to keep. These 500 people attention for 15, 30, 45 minutes. How long? However long you up there, you have to keep their attention and make them laugh for you know, that long. That's a real art. You don't have a band. You have a hype man. You don't have anything behind you. You have music playing over you. You have one microphone and your voice. That's it. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> That's it. Man, any inspirations that that helped you out along the way? A lot of people, man. Like I love uh, Kevin Hart as a comedian in his hustle. You know, yeah. Kevin Hart, yeah. Kevin Hart as a comedian in his hustle is like. It's amazing, man. It's amazing that he still got the fire and, you know, all the doors he opened open for, you know, comedians around the world. He, he makes people, you know, open their eyes about stand-up comedy, you know. Uh, Kevin Hart is an inspiration. Uh, like I said, Bernie Mac was one of my first inspirations. I love the Waynes, man. The Waynes network actor. The Waynes are just not talented, man. They got, like, some one of the hardest, it's like some of the hardest working people, like, you ever know, you ever see, you ever meet, you know. Uh, who else? Uh, Rodney Perry was a inspiration uh, a guy named uh, Mark Prince he used to give me a lot of game on you know just how to perform and you know just mm. to get on stage stay at it hustle like that got a you know a lot of inspiration man a lot of inspiration a lot of people helped me a lot helped me out along the way wow and uh, you say you perform in LA yep how was that experience like LA is great I mean a lot of LA always get a bad rap Hollywood is Hollywood oh, whatever they're all people we're all people you yeah. know it's like <laughs> They all people. No with, bad experience in LA. Nah, no, no, no. no. I don't find like I said. It would, if you've been through what I've been through, the entertainment business is not a bad experience. That's really? that's that's what I tell You're people. You're like one of the few people that would probably even say that. Yes, I've been shot six times. Man. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> true. You you had much worse. Right, I've been yeah. to like twelve funerals since two thousand and four, probably. You know, like oh from gun God. violence and stuff like that. So like. Telling me in the entertainment business, getting yeah. going to LA, getting bumped from a show, yeah. or a, a casting director telling me no, that's like, that's nothing. Like, 
that's nothing compared to what I've been through. This is all a blessing, man. Like I swear, this is people. Are, I've made it already. I mean, <laughs> considering everything you've you've gone through, can you say that perhaps comedy is also therapeutic to you? Yes, personally, very. It's like my number one therapeutic uh, uh, therapy comedy. I mean, because uh, I I know my experiences at least when it comes to death. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's remnants of traumatization. Yes, you're a little bit tra- traumatized. Right. Um, and is that something? How long did it take you to process? Out, let's say going back when you got shot when mm-hmm. you were 12. Right. And no, no, I didn't get shot when I was 12. I was 18. 18. Oh, mm-hmm. God, I'm just fucking up this interview. I'm <laughs> it's sorry. Okay. It's yeah, right, for man. the listeners out there, I'm sorry. All right. Mm-hmm. But uh, at 18, uh-huh. and I'm sure, how, how did you come out of that? Because it's, I'm sure it's just a. It's just a a phase it's like a, it's just a phase it's just like a I look at it as like sports like if you're in a basketball or I mean NBA or the NFL you have a career you have you get 5, 10, 15, 20 years you have a career it's just a phase life goes on you know after the phase like go away of course you're really angry from what goes on in the streets and with the politics of the streets and stuff like that you're really angry you know you lose a cousin or you lose a brother or you know I lost my brother in 2005 and that's what really made me like really divert to the streets you know through gun violence as well yeah, through gun violence yeah in 2005 so that made me divert to, so that was like trauma I've never been through something like that but like my grandmother died in 2004 and that was really traumatizing but when, I, when somebody died with gun violence my brother like the next year that like traumatized me like to the third power so I didn't I just ran to the streets and that's that's all I knew you know until for like the next five or six years and then other than that I, after that I just it was like a fate it was like alright I'm not gonna keep ducking and dodging the cops and it's too much. The street is too much. A lot of blood, sweat, and tears. Like a lot of blood, sweat, and tears. You know, it's not the street. It's not n- nothing is fun. You learn a lot from the streets, though, in in the survival department. Mm. So that's what I said. It's, it's a lot of blood, sweat, and tears. That's not fun. You don't you don't want to deal with it. You don't want to go through it. You know, but you learn a lot through the survival part. And that's why I said the entertainment business and comedy and this is like this is like heaven to me, man. This is beautiful. Like it's, so, in some ways, like keeping that sense of humor is part of surviving exactly exactly you gotta keep even when I was in the streets believe it or not I still had this big smile on my face I still was running around roasting and joking and like people in my neighborhood tell you right now that's I've always been this way even in the streets I just didn't lose my you know I'm a person to where like uh, uh, I'm kind of a believer and never let them see sweat so yeah I got a lot of you know a lot of pain behind a smile but I keep it I keep it that way though I don't like to like bring my problems or my you know and stuff like that to other people or into other people's lives you know so that's why I keep it like that way but comedy has been really therapeutic to me and I can be really pissed off uh, one day and I can go you know do a, have a show that night and get on stage and just the laughter from the people was like alright that bring me back down amazing wow yeah oh man man I don't know man <laughs> bring me back down man it's great man yeah. great though man really great I can't like I said like a lot of people I, I hear that a lot Oh, the entertainment business and comedy is shady and this and I'd be like uh, I, yeah I mean that's probably your experience you know like, I've been doing comedy six or seven years of course you run into some shady stuff and it's like whatever that's nothing it's nothing compared to running from some bullets I can tell you that I would get told no a hundred times by a casting director you know have somebody shoot three bullets or even one bullet at me and keep running from some bullets you know I can tell you that right now it's like it's nothing compared to running from some bullets so it's like whatever Mentally, physically, anything. All right, it's it's fine, man. Oh wow. Yeah. Okay. And uh, 
and now it looks like you're you're, you're pretty good in a good place right now. Yeah, yeah. I'm At least great, having a comedy career. Yeah, I'm in a great place. Which man. is which is in some way rare at least on a local level right you know we got a lot of local comedians trying to make it whatever that means right to make it but I think uh, talking to other comedians you're an example of that right of, of a working comic right right and that's the thing, that's the thing with me also man I'll, I'll I'm a real like humble dude so it's like I don't care if I got a a uh, hundred million dollars or a dollar man and I'm this big superstar arms not big I'm a still you know Go! I love open mics and you know, working out new material and talking to comedians. Or you know, these are my buddies, comedian buddies or whatever. You know, this is my buddies. This is what we do. You know, we have fun. We talk. It's like it's a it's a the world is so the world is so crazy. You know, why won't you? Why don't you want to be around funnies and comedies and something comedy? And you know what I'm saying? I think some people get competitive. Maybe yeah, you can, it can be competitive, but it's still at at the end of the day, it's still comedy. Yeah, you can be up there and you can be funnier than me. Yeah, that's fine and dandy. You're funny. I'm funny. It's making people laugh. That's fine and dandy. We're not up here talking about goddamn school shootings and crazy shit, you know, shit like that. You know, we talking about comedy. You up there being funny. I'm up there being funny. You know, we in the crowd or after the show, we mingling, we talking, being funny. Everything is funny. It's funny. It's funny. We're not talking about, you know, crazy shit. All the crazy shit is going on. You know, it's not like a political debate. We got Trump and Hillary going back and forth, you know, about whatever the fuck they talking about, you know, <laughs> we just talking about comedy, making people laugh next show and shit like that. That's about it. Hmm. But the competitive part, oh, you don't get it twisted. I'm very competitive, but it's still comedy at the end of the day. That's a good attitude to go yeah, towards Yeah, it's, it. it's still comedy at the, at the end of the day, man. No doubt. Are, are there any specific uh, circles of open mics or, or in general uh, venues that you perform on a regular basis here locally? Uh, I'm at, I do the improv a lot. Uh, shout out to my man, Human. I love the improv. The improv is like my home club. One of the first comedy clubs to comedy clubs to really open their arms and, you know, uh, to me, you know, let me perform there, you know. Uh, but, uh, yeah, the improv, I've been doing, I do cobs a lot in the city. Uh, Pete's room, I love Pete, man. Pete, he just, he always got a room. No matter where he go, he always got a room. I don't care if Pete is in New Zealand. He got a room, comedy room. Uh, over there at Woodham's So uh, I go to Woodham's, Woodham's I pop up at Woodham's sometimes I used to go all the time Now I just go Sometimes I go to the, I pop up at the Brainwash sometimes In the city Which is a great room Stroy Moyd well, My man Stroy Like Anywhere he got a show A room and everything I go I mean, I know He always open To giving me stage time Wherever I go man Look, So I love that dude But other than that man I'm good, I'm good man I, I, The Oakland scene I play every Probably every venue in Oakland man <laughs> For interviews But other than that It's it's been great, man. It's been great. I have not can't complain about comedy at all. Like I said, I came from the streets straight into comedy. And and it seems that you also got a foothold in the North Bay, like the Vallejo area. Uh yeah, I, yeah, I, mean, I grew, Yeah, yeah, I kind of grew up. Which I hear a lot of good things. I, when I hear about comedians performing up there, I, I hear a lot of good things. Yeah, because they don't have a they don't have a scene up there really anymore. Like Pepper Belly's gone, the comedy club. So whenever you go up there, you know people come out and they want to laugh. They want to lean on laugh. Like it's no. The closest comedy club to Vallejo is Tommy T's. No, Livermore. No, uh, Pleasanton. Pleasanton. Yep. Oh, well, those two are. Might as well. Yeah, okay. the closest. That's the closest comedy <laughs> club is Tommy T's. Really? Yep. That's the closest club. Now, do you feel like do you find it difficult to perform in front of car- uh, of a of a place that doesn't have a scene as opposed to a place that does have a scene? No. No. No, it's kind of. No, it's about the same because they all there for the same reason. 
a place with no scene, a place with a scene. Everybody come to the show for the number for one reason, one reason only, and that's to laugh. Because I think going back to San Francisco, because mm-hmm. I think that that is why I think San Francisco crowds are so great. I I personally think San Francisco crowds are great. They are because they have a scene. Yes. And, Huge scene, and, and already the mentality is in San Francisco. Like, hey, we're San Francisco. Hey, we got great scenes where there's entertainment, whatever it may be. Right. So in some ways, they come in with the expectation to laugh already. They have better. What it is, they have a better scene. Like, for example, in San Francisco, you can go to a lot of venues. I don't care what day of the week it is, and it's going to be a nice crowd because right. of because of the scene. And, and then there's places where they don't have a scene, and people are trying to figure out what, what's going on. Or like, should they laugh? We don't know. Right. And I, I do see. I personally see a significant difference in crowds and how to work them. I, I do too. But you, you have you have a big point there also, and that's because I think, like you said, because San Francisco has a scene, have a scene. And well, to so some are arguing that they're losing the scene recently. Ah, uh, they're saying that a, a lot of a lot of comedians are being pushed to the. Uh, East Bay, which I don't mind. I like I like the, the East Bay a lot. Right, right. It's just, it's just the, the East Bay is just developing. San Francisco have a lot of these little rooms, these comedy great comedy rooms, and it's the East Bay is just they're just picking up. You know what I'm saying? So they they're developing a lot of great comedy rooms, which is great, which is fine. That just expands the scene in the whole area. So let them have it. That's great. To be honest, there's no comedy club in Oakland. That's blasphemous. There's no comedy club in Oakland. There's two or three in San Francisco, but. How do I think about it? You're right. How is a city that big and yeah. full of people with no, not one comedy club in the whole city? I mean, they got Yoshi's, which is a great jazz exactly. place. They exactly. Got a great music scene. But it's not a comedy club, though. They yeah. don't have no, they have probably a million people, 800,000 or something in Oakland. They don't have a comedy club in the whole city. Tommy T's is their comedy club in Pleasant. That's blasphemous. That's insane to me. Hmm. That's in, like San Jose has a comedy club. Come on, man. How does Oakland don't have... Well, South Bay, we have two comedy clubs, Two right? comedy clubs. Yeah. Oakland don't have one comedy club. Oh. That is like... I'll be thinking about that scratching my head like, how? <laughs> wow. It's like, I don't get it. Maybe the demand's not there. I don't know. Well, probably, that's true. I don't, I don't even know. care about the football team leaving you. So. <laughs> <laughs> Are you a Raider fan? No, I'm a no, Niner you're fan. You're a Niner fan. I think you were born in yeah, yeah, San Francisco. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a Niner fan. Oh, man. They always it's get it's on tough my... for us this season yeah, as well. Tough. They always get oh, on my man. case because they moved to Santa Clara. But, I mean, the, the East Bay fans. So I'm yeah. like, uh, do you do know the New York Giants and the New York Jets play across the water? In New Jersey. In New Jersey, right. So <laughs> it doesn't matter. They're still the New York Jets and the New York Giants. When you go to Las Vegas, you're going to be the Las Vegas Raiders. You're not going to yeah. be the Oakland Raiders. When oh. you go to L.A., you're going to be the L.A. Raiders. You're not going to be the Oakland Raiders. Oh, we are still the San Francisco 49ers. We just play down the street. That's it. That's <laughs> the only difference. Now, when they changed it, if they changed the name to Santa Clara or San Jose, then it's like, all right, nah, nah. but other than that, Dallas... The, the Cowboys don't play in Dallas. I'm sorry. Hmm. That's why I, that doesn't bother me when they say that. Oh, you're the Santa Clara. No. That, we're the San Francisco 49ers. You have to do your homework. You have to understand that most of these teams don't play in their respective cities. You know? <laughs> New England don't. The Patriots don't play in New England. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you. I hear you, right. man. <laughs> Hopefully the season gets better. Yeah, man, because it's, it's rough right now. It's like. How do we go from that to this? Like it's like, come on, yeah. Three yeah. NFC championships, the Super Bowl, and and we didn't win one, and then we're like the bottom of the barrel now. I think I think uh, when Harbaugh left, that yeah. was like the beginning of the end. How do you fire a coach that's never had a losing season? 
I don't understand. Politics, man. Yeah. At the end of the day, it's politics. At the end of the day, it's politics. Yeah. That's what screws up the world to me. Politics. Well, shit, man. You you travel the world, and yeah. I'm sure you see it. You know, and t- talk about traveling the world and, and performing for the troops. Uh, did they ever had to tell you to tone it down or anything like that? Or no certain way. subjects you can't touch? Oh, yeah. No doubt. Don't say nothing about uh, like like uh, sexual misconduct or sexual assault. I mean, uh, you know, what the military was going through. Don't say nothing about that. And don't say nothing about the commander-in-chief. Other than that, talk about what you want to talk about. <laughs> don't talk shit about the president? Don't talk Don't talk shit about the president. And don't talk shit about the, you know, the sexual assault situations. And other than that, you sure, you can talk what you want to talk about. I mean, the president part is pretty interesting because I think one of the uh, forefronts of comedy is this freedom of speech. Right. And the, and the best part of freedom of speech is, you know, talking shit about people in power. Right. And the president of the United States, whether you like him or not, to have that ability to talk shit about the president without having anybody come down on you. Yeah, they don't give a fuck. But I guess here it's like, oh shit, I got, I got to really tone it down. It's like you're performing in the president's, in the president's backyard. <laughs> Why the fuck would you talk shit and you're performing in front of in this dude back? With a couple hundred people who know how to kill you in right. five different exactly. ways. Exactly. And he's the one basically, you're performing out there for the president base. He's just not there. This yeah. is for the government. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, yeah, you don't talk shit about commander-in-chief like at all none of them actually but not ge- just the one that's in office today in general do you find material in politics or no no i'm not no i don't even i'm not political at all mm. i'm the i'm a that's safe, my choice that's my choice yeah, yeah i'm the safe comedian what do you mean you're, you're an insult comedian i'm an insult i'm when i say safe i mean i'm not gonna touch local politics nationwide politics i'm not gonna touch none of those subjects no so you don't think like you're edgy or something like that? Yes, I'm very edgy. And I'm just not political edgy. Oh, got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just not. That's all. I'm not political. I don't give a fuck about talking about Donald Trump and Hillary and all that shit. I don't care. No, I'll talk about. I'm gonna talk about what I know, what I've seen, what I went through, and what I go through. I haven't went through. I have not. I didn't go like to fucking Harvard and fucking have debate class and shit like that. You know, so <laughs> just, I'm not. I don't know nothing about it. <laughs> I know about. Street corners and fucking weird crackheads who know how to sing and shit like that, you know. <laughs> well, well, what's some word advice you could give someone who's not familiar with the world you you grew up in? Uh, uh, just you know, don't judge it and, and unless you've been through it or saw it, you know, or you know, it touched home, you know, at first hand. Same thing with me. That's why I don't get into politics because mm-hmm. I didn't grow up on politics. I know nothing about politics. So why am I gonna? I can learn, of course. You know, I can learn any any time. But why am I going to touch something? You know that I don't know about. It's like me trying to explain. It's like me trying to explain or talk shit about, you know, a rich person or a rich kid who's grown who's grew up with a, with a silver spoon in his mouth. You know, it's like I can't. I don't. I'm. I haven't walked in his shoes. Right. Okay. So I don't know. You know what I'm saying? I'm not gonna. I'm. Not, I'm not too judgmental. Yeah, I'm not too judgmental because I haven't. That's retarded. You cannot talk about like Donald Trump's son, for example. How can I talk about Donald Trump's son? This is how he was raised. This is who he is. He's been rich from the day he was born. How the fuck can I talk? How can I tell him what's right and what's wrong and what's this and what's that? I don't know. You know what? You bring an interesting notion. And and this also reflects in comedy in a sense that these days, the way our society is, at least our American society. Soft as shit. is, Is not only soft, but also we're easy to judge. Yes. And we crucify people on some judgments that possibly don't even have facts behind it. But because we're told people are a certain way, mm-hmm. we're told they're bad people. Right. We already, like, like ostracize them from 
the society. You know what I'm talking about? But that comes from like Twitter wars exactly. and, and stuff like that. It, that comes from the internet. And, and in comedy, especially, I mean, in, in some ways, a lot of comedians have gone, I guess, celebrity comedians have gone through some hot water for jokes they've made. Right. That, that reflect something political. Right, exactly. And that's, and without, I mean, you got George Carlin and Richard Pryor. George Carlin and Richard Pryor will be tearing Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump a new asshole right now. Like, that's like without a doubt. Right now, and nobody, right now, well, in they day, nobody would say anything because you didn't have these things. You'd have cell phones and internet and Twitter. Now, with the internet and Twitter and shit like that, you know, Everything is going viral. Everything goes viral. Like every, like you just can't. That the internet is bad and it's good. It's good. Like it's good. I mean, as comedians, it's great for us. But it's bad because you give idiots a voice. You know, as I mean, you give idiots easy. Excuse me, easy access right. to like you just said to judge. Yeah. No, I think you hit it right in the nose. Right. We give idiots a voice. We, yeah, exactly. We give and nobody a voice wants to admit that they're an idiot. Nobody wants to admit <laughs> exactly. You're like it's like come on. Some of the shit you see. Like, like for example, like I said, I'm not to politics, but you hear, to me, it's a slap in the face. No matter what we think of Hillary Clinton, like I said, I don't know anything about politics like that, but it's a slap in the face to a person like Hillary Clinton to be going up against, in a presidential race, against Donald Trump. You have one real politician, no matter how much we judge her, we don't know, you know what I'm saying? How much we judge her, what the fuck she did, what she didn't do, I don't know, I don't care. And you have an ex apprentice host. Get the fuck out of here! Like, is what the fuck? Like, come on, that's a slap in the face. Yeah, you have a real certified politician who went to school and all type of shit and studied this and what study all. Her husband's an ex president, all type of shit. Yeah, real politician, ex senator or she is a senator now. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, going up against Donald Trump to, for for the, to be the president of the United States, Donald Trump. Get the fuck out of Dodge. That's hilarious. It's like the Terminator getting the legs to run California and shit, man. It's like, oh, this man. is the world we live in, man. Yeah, that's the world we like live it's in. Like, Donald Trump. He don't have a political background in him. And you have people backing this dude. Mm-hmm. Like, he's, like, a, people is really backing this dude. People that would actually be victims of his. Right. In a like, business sense. It's crazy to me. Like He, that, he it, exploits the, the common guy, the person. This is the same dude who got on national TV and said... Mexicans rape and kill people and send them back. We're going to build a wall and we're going to deport them all back to Mexico. And you got people backing this dude. Like, oh, this dude is great. He's going to do this. Are you fucking serious? Who's the real ignorant people? Like, are you st- like, is this real? That's why I say it's like a movie or a dream that I'm about to wake up from. And it's like, come on, dude. That's a slap in the face of Hillary Clinton to me. I, I, yeah, man. It's, like, it's a joke to me. Like, seriously. <laughs> I think we come to a place of, of in our society of decadence where it's like, we have it too good almost. Almost yes. too good to the yeah. point where we could just do feel like to do stupid. I think a lot of people who uh, condone people like Trump. Right. They know there's something wrong there. Right. They're not stupid. <laughs> they're not stupid. Exactly. They're not stupid. But, but you know, I, I think they're at a place where we're like, fuck it. Why not? Yeah. It's, it's, it's fuck- the closest thing I'm going to get to my opinion. Exactly. Everybody wants this. This is an attention thing. Like you said, attention, opinion. Everything. Everybody wants to be noticed, man. That's why they bagging this dude. Everybody wants to be noticed. Interview me. I'm gonna say. Well, Trump said he's gonna cut babies' heads off when he get in office if they cry too loud. Oh well, you know uh, he's a great guy. 
I'm gonna back him. Like, what the fuck are you talking about, man? You can't back ignorance and stupid shit, man. And even on a social level, it's like people. We got people becoming celebrities through Instagram or. Yeah. We, we, I mean, it's too like you said. Pe- it's too easy. People who haven't really done exactly. anything besides take a picture of right. themselves, and they'll call themselves a comedian or a rapper or an actor or a singer. It's like, what the fuck? Are you serious? You picked up a phone and recorded yourself for 15 seconds. Yeah. How about you perform in front of a couple hundred people? Exactly. With a microphone. <laughs> live. You know, it's like weird as shit. It's like <laughs> but, but, but do you hold any uh, anything against those YouTube comedians? No, sir. Oh. Nope. Only only reason I don't hold anything against them because that it, that's what's going on now. It's not the 90s where you have to send in a physical tape in the physical mail to an audition to a, a casting director to get put on a show or anything. No, I'm sorry. The day and that you have to move with the time. It's a good tool. You ha- Exactly. You have to move with the time. You have to get with it or you will get left. I mean, <laughs> that's what it is. You got to Instagram videos, Twitter, Facebook. And you've gone, vi- have you gone YouTube. viral yet? Because uh, you post quite a few videos on Facebook. I haven't went like a million viral, but I've been 10,000, 20,000 viral. I'm How's that doing. feeling? Me, I, 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 I was like, oh my oh, god, too many people are into me. No. Oh yes, yeah, uh, but, but for you, it's like you embrace it. I embrace it. Yeah, like I said, I'm not shy. I'm not a shy person. Okay. Yeah, it's like I said, it's, this is entertain entertainment. The word entertainment it yeah. means so it means something to me. Entertainment. I've <clears throat> what I've been through. Entertainment is real life. Don't get me wrong, but it's still entertainment. Like it's a lot of acting and a lot of fun and joking going on. I've been through real life also, so I know what real life feel like, and I know what entertainment for like in real life entertainment is like much more much more like make it, it makes me happy much more than the real life that I went through not like real life as in if I didn't go through that but I'm talking about the real life the, the, the shit that I've been through yeah. I'll take entertainment over it any day <laughs> any day of the week I would take all the bullshit entertainment come with or anything all the hoopla the going viral sure like as long as I can after I put the phone down or the mm-hmm. camera goes off as long as I can go kiss my little eight-year-old daughter, you know, and go eat me some chicken wings and uh, 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 curl up behind my girlfriend in the bed, I'm good. Now, uh, you didn't get to that, but you you have a, a daughter. Yes, sir. An uh, eight-year-old. Eight-year-old, wow. And you had her at a fairly young age. Uh, yeah, I had her 21. And that itself brings a whole new element when it comes to being a performer. Right. It's being exactly. a family man. Exactly. Exactly, man. It's, uh, you, have, you have to worry about, like you said, another mouth to feed, you know. Well, on top of that, care. distance, you know, because yeah. you, you, you to get a proper career, you get in in comedy, you gotta be traveling. Yeah, you gotta be traveling, but that's where the uh, that's where, like I said, it's not the '90s anymore. Uh, number one, you can bring your kid along sometimes, and number two, they got shit like Facetime, uh, Tango, and shit, where you can, you know, it's not physical, but you still can, you know, interact with your kid a lot while you're on the road. Mm-hmm. Like I'll be in in Korea on Facetime with my daughter, you know, so it's like. It, it's all good. Like I said, I come, I I embrace everything that comes with it. It's better than me being on a street corner, getting shot at, or going to jail or anything else stupid, you know. So right. It's way better than that. Is there any tips you could give a family man who's trying to be a comedian out there? A uh, family man is trying to be a com- uh, comedian out there. Uh, make sure you and your wife or your girlfriend or your whoever's you know whoever your your daughter's mom is. Make sure they both have iPhones make sure she give, at least the parent have iPhone and you have iPhone not a Samsung not a yeah, major PCS an iPhone if you have a Samsung a major you better download Tango you know so you can interact with your kid you know it's like 
and uh, don't don't stress too much. You know, don't stress about it too much because at the end of the day, you have to look at it like like it could be people who hasn't been what I've been through. But just take me for an example. If you haven't been through what I've been through, take me for an example. It's entertainment. At the end of the day, you can go home and kiss your kids and your family. And at the end of the night, you're not in the streets worried about bullets flying at you. You're not going to jail and all, any type of crazy shit that come with the streets. You know, you know, you have a better chance, a bigger chance to making it back you know, to your family. So not, don't stress them. Don't stress at them. Don't stress about it a lot. And mm -hmm. to, to the comics out there who's uh, moving to L.A. and feel like they're going to be poor and not making any money. Come on. You know, it's like it's not that bad. Well, you know what? I feel these days you don't really have to go to LA as much. No, I no. mean, I mean, I think if you want to be eventually, I mean, maybe if you want right. to be on the TV, and it depends. And I had a discussion with a friend. It's like f figure out where in the entertainment you want to be. I mean, right. if you want to be on like prime time, then maybe you have to go to New York, LA. But like cable shows, not really, not anymore. Right, and then which is to go into New York and LA, it's fine. Like we're you have to people got to understand like us, for example. We're four or five hours a drop, a four or five hour drive from LA, if that. We're fucking forty five minute plane ride from LA, so it's like we're basically in LA. We just don't live there. We live a few hours away, you know. Like we're in fucking San Jose, San Jose to Sacramento and back. It's like damn near an LA trip. So whoopity fucking do. That's why it's like it's not that bad. If you want to, like you said, if you want to be on prime time, okay. You can go to LA. You can go to LA fucking three or four times a week, like literally with or without a family. So it's like. It's not a big deal, man. It's not a big deal. Like people make this shit harder, harder than we have. To me, to me, it's only harder now because there's more people doing it than back in the days. Yeah. But we have so many different outlets. You can create a YouTube channel and create a show on YouTube and live like not regular live. You can live off fucking your show on YouTube. That's amazing. Like, you can get millions of hits and hits and just live off. That's what I'm saying. That's amazing. You can sit right here, right here, like at your desk. I'm looking forward for the day I can make a living podcast. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and you got to understand, you love it and you keep going. Yeah. Because, I'm, to be, like, be honest, it hasn't, it hasn't, it's done nothing but grew for you. Yeah. Dude. You just, exactly. That's what the, I'm saying. The people I've met, like you. Right. That's fucking saying. inspirational to me. It's like, dude, man, I just met, talked to this guy and like the, the the things he's gone through and the things he's doing or you or an artist or anything. Right. And it just helps me creatively. It's like. Right. That's what, that's, that's, and, that, and that's what I'm saying, man. Like when you told me you went from one microphone for two people. Oh, dude. Now. None of the, this was here. That's what I'm saying. To all this shit. And then <laughs> it's going to do. It's getting bigger and bigger and bigger. I've and actually got a handle on my show. That's what I'm saying. Exactly. That's what I'm, that's what I'm trying to say, man. It's like. It's like it gets. We're lucky, man. I like. I don't know who the fuck created the internet and all this shit, but God, give him a slow clap, cause boy, we are. We got a lot of shit. Like this is a. This is dope, man. This is amazing, yeah. and it's. It's not gonna do it, but getting better and better. You fuck around, and next thing you look up, you got a big job on radio mm. here in this market, whatever market. You know what I'm saying? And that comes from a, a microphone for two people. Microphone with two people, and then to all. And it doesn't get big. I guarantee you, if it was getting worse, we wouldn't be here. We wouldn't be here right now. Yeah, yeah, we wouldn't be here right now. That's what I'm saying. So it's like you, you would have rejected my my Facebook message. Everything's get better, man. Like who's I, this guy? Right. <laughs> Everything. Like as soon as you hit me, I'm like, and that's that's one thing about me. To real interactive. I just like if I miss you, then it was an accident or something. I'm real interactive. Like okay, sure. It's like why not? You know what I'm saying? It's like you want to go talk about comedy and you know fucking on a podcast, on the radio, whatever, man. We gonna do it. I mean, 
No matter where I had to drive from, I was coming. Yeah. <laughs> I, was coming. I appreciate that. That's oh, no sure. doubt, man. I was coming. Uh, now, we reached that one hour mark. We're, okay. We're closing up shop. All right. Uh, and uh, some some advice you give out to, to listeners out there? Uh, don't. I, I preach less stress because every time I look up, a comedian is having a fucking stroke or something, you know? <laughs> I'm dead serious, That's man. a common thing to find an open mic. It's, fuck, it's just like, the, the comedian in the back just stressing. He's like, fuck, work was shit. Right. My set was shit. Right. Just don't, just don't, like I said, don't stress because we live in a day and age to where nowadays it seems everything gets better, man. Everything gets better. And uh, whatever it is you love, do it. I'm a person who I recommend. Whatever it is that you love, career-wise, do it. You don't have to do uh, my man Lance Woods from Sacramento, man. He got some shit where he say you don't have to die at a cubicle. You don't. You don't have to like work a regular nine to five that you don't like just because you gotta get by and pay bills. Listen, we got too many outlets out here. If you wanna, I don't care if you wanna sell fucking picture frames. You wanna sell picture frames? That's your passion. That's your art. Do it. It's so many outlets to do it. You can stand in front of Walmart and sell picture frames. Sell picture frames on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. That's four or five different free outlets. For you to market your brand in your picture frames, you know, if that's what you love, do it because you're going to be happy doing that, and you're going to be sad making thirty dollars an hour at your cubicle, and that means you're going to stress and you're going to die young. So, I've, I'm just a strong believer in do what you love and keep doing it because shit get better. Me and you are a perfect example. Everything since uh, when did when did you start when did you start this? A year and a half. A year and a half from yeah. one microphone yeah. to all this shit here. A year and a half. Yeah. That's in a year and a half. So what's, who's to say what's the next year and a half going to be? I don't know. We'll see, Hannibal. Right. Hopefully, right. Maybe, hopefully maybe you'll come back. Oh, sure, man. a different Anytime. studio. Yeah. Hit, see, that's what I'm saying. In, in a year and a half. So let's, let's see. hit me up, man. It's uh, good, man. But maybe you'll be on TV. Be like, I'm too busy on a, a schedule. I got films to make. Uh, nah, shit. If I'm around, I, I'll, I'll always remember this. Oh, yeah, I'll go back and uh, I'm going to go do George's podcast. You know, well, it's funny. It's, I mean, I'm sure when you started doing comedy, you wouldn't have never imagined the trajectory where you are now. Where you're right. performing in other countries, right? Traveling, it's weird ha- having your own fucking uh, wow. c- comedy special. Mm-hmm. It's weird because I- I'm sure you didn't expect any of that, did you? I, oh, I honestly did. That might sound weird because I, like I say, I, only reason I did because I knew how hard I was going to go mm-hmm. at doing it. I always used my past for the entertainment business. I told myself either I'm going to do this. Oh, I'm gonna go back to the streets, and the streets is no good. It's like it's like going into. I've never been into the devil's den, but it's like going into the devil's den. Looks you wanna, like you back yourself to a corner there. Exactly. Only those two options. That's yeah. Do that's or die. I, that's where I left with those two options. So I live by that. So that's why I told myself, okay, I didn't give it like a timeline when I'm having. I told myself I'm gonna have my own comedy special, and this is what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna make it. I'm gonna work hard. It's, it's the, I, I had to, you know what I'm saying. I've seen too many of my buddies in the casket. Not to, you know, like mm-hmm. that could have been me. Like I, said, I got shot six times. It's a lot of times to you know, to you know, to get up and still. I play basketball every other day still. Do you mind if I ask? Sure. Where? Because I, I, I mean, I'm looking. Oh, I got. Sh- oh, uh, uh, um, my left shin was the worst. It got shattered. It was oh. shattered. Uh, it's fine now. My left shin. I have a bullet in there actually still. Uh, once oh. in my left shin, once in my right leg, three times in my left ass cheek, and once. So I don't mean to uh, laugh. I'm sorry. Oh no, you good? <laughs> it's good. I mean, once I'm, like by my growing. Yeah. It looks like they were aiming for the ass. So you got three right. of them there. <laughs> yeah, they, yeah, man. It's hey, good. but hey, uh, thank you for coming. I think you had a pleasure talking to you. No doubt, man. I'll uh, I'll definitely come back again whenever. Just let me know. It was good, man. Yeah, and I look forward to uh, to your performances and such. I'm sure I'm sure we'll, we'll cross paths again. Right. 
We definitely will. I'm not sure if you knew this, but I also do comedy and, and filmmaking. So okay, I'm That's sure we'll cross paths again somehow. Yeah, somewhere. yeah, we definitely will, man. We definitely, we definitely will. I love the uh, love coming here, being on it. I love soon as you told me that, that that just got my juices flowing. You told me about the fucking one microphone, and now to this is like in well, a year and a half. That's like well, one microphone that was meant for one person. Right, that's dope, <laughs> so man. So the audio was pretty bad. Right, and uh, and and a laptop, and that was it. Damn, man. So that's it. All right, thank you for coming, Hannibal. No doubt. And there you have it, my conversation with Hannibal Thompson. Wasn't that something? I thought I got a lot of from it. You know, I learned different ways of approaching comedy at least from a different perspective and not giving up and realize that hey a lot of your problems in entertainment are smaller than you think that's something good i need i think so uh but other than that uh, i just want to give you a friendly reminder to support this podcast you can definitely check out the podcast at its website at jmspodcast.com check out all the content that's available to you and as well, hey, I could use some uh, some donations to keep this podcast running. So check out the GoFundMe account and the Patreon account. Uh, I would love you forever because any little support would help me out a lot. And if you haven't already, subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or on SoundCloud. And you can follow JMS Podcast. You can follow me on Facebook. You can follow me on Instagram and on Twitter. All right. I think that's the end of the show. See you next week. That's for sure.